Welcome to Penny University's um, next podcast, new podcast, um, Backbone of the Band, The Drummer. And I will tell you, we before we went on today, we started talking and I said, let's hold off because this is this is a cool conversation. But this is a freaking rabbit hole of information. Um, so let me introduce myself. My name is Deborah Fingston, and um, this is a fun thing I do and Penny University lets me play around, which is really cool. I just sit in my living room and have wonderful people come by and I'm so happy. But I know nothing, which is also totally exciting. Um, I have sitting across my table and my squeaky chairs, if you guys can hear my squeaky chairs. And also, just a little sub note, we are sitting in a monsoon. So, um, right outside my sliding window, you might hear some thunder and who knows, maybe lightning down the road. And as usual, I have Dottie the dog walking around. So sometimes Dottie snores. So if you hear Dottie um, snoring in a couch, you know that. But let me introduce the wonderful young man that is going to do this series with me. I'm so thrilled. Originally, I asked him just to do one and then I pushed my luck and asked him if he would help me with it all. And he said, yes. Oh, and, yeah. um, Michael Bruce Thompson. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Um, t- tell about yourself. Then we can touch bases on how we know each other. Oh, let's see. So, um, my name is, uh, Michael Bruce Thompson. I usually go by Mike and, um, I've been playing drums since I was about eight years old. And, uh, when you came to me and asked me about, uh, wanting to, um, talk about why would anybody would want to be a drummer, you know, um, mm-hmm. it really sparked my interest because it's been something I've been passionate about for such a long time and I've done it for so long and I love educating people on drums and the history of drums and, and, uh, where they, where it comes from. So, well, and you teach, you play, you've been, um, You've been recorded. I yeah. mean, you a contract, band, you know, every yeah. aspect yeah. 
of professional drumming. Yep. Um, and here I thought, oh, I know this young man. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. And drumming, why do people be a drummer? And at first, I honestly flippantly thought, you know, oh, the lead singer, everybody looks to them, you know, and the lead guitar player, oh, they have the spotlight. The bass player is just kind of this, you know, um, really mind man, you know, just real quiet. The drummer, why would anybody want to be a drummer? And I, at first I thought about it flippantly. And then after you and I talked, it was like, wait a minute, this is so much more. This is so deep. And I, I don't know. It just, and so then I started researching. It's crazy. Yeah. So like with me, with picking drums, um, I remember I, the first time I ever played, I sat in this guy's living room, had a drum set there. And it really didn't seem that difficult for me to kind of figure out how to play the drums. I mean, you're using your four limbs independently of each other. But Wait, four limbs. Okay, let's make that clear. Yeah. Four limbs. Yeah. So you're a juggler. Essentially, I guess, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but all in rhythm. So okay. It's all in, all in rhythm. So, you know, um, you use your feet and you use your hands and you just kind of sit there and and, and you rock out. And the, the thing for me was is that um, if you don't have drums in your music, it's really hard to dance to that music. And so mm -hmm. um, it, it's the one instrument that makes people move more than in anything else, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, and so it, it's, it's something that brings community together. It's, uh, you know, you don't hear about guitar circles, but you hear about drum circles. You mm -hmm. hear about people getting together and, and wanting to, uh, create rhythm together in a, in a sense. And, uh, in a weird way, your, your body actually, um, naturally kind of, um, gets in sync with everybody else and it, you create these endorphins kind of like a runner's high, but it's a drummer's high. And so that's why, uh, with, with drumming, it's, it's, a it's, it's kind of a, an important part of, I guess, communication with, with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I remember it was fifth grade and, you know, they, in my era, I'm way older than Michael. I love uh, podcasts because you don't see our age difference here. Um, <laughs> But way back then, you had to pick an instrument, you know, okay, what instruments do you want to try? And I, oh, I'll do the drums, I'll do the drums. And they gave me the sticks and I was like, Woo! Yeah. and then they gave me this pad. <laughs> yeah. And I just looked and I thought, well, okay, drums aren't for me. You know, yeah. I was more of a mover. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. But you, the, the drums in that person's house ignited you. Yeah, it did. And, and thank God my parents allowed me to get a drum set. <laughs> How many parents want to do that? You yeah. know, and, uh, and, and to have to listen to somebody practice drums, it's, uh, it could be grueling for a near drum. I mean, my sister, we used to break my drumsticks and hide them and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I could find like a wooden spoon or something like that and uh, just use that instead. But, yeah. um, yeah, it was, uh, you have to have a lot of patience with it. Yes. Or a parent at least. Yeah. Well, um, before we dive any further into the drumming, um, now Michael and I know each other. Um, you were friends with my boys, yeah. um, my two sons. Um, but, uh, more, we, we re-met, um, after I lost my youngest son, Andrew. And please, if you're interested in that, um, I lost my son to a fire incident. And so check out, um, Penny University is our investigation, our truth. I don't want to go into that. But Andrew was really into um, 
the bands that you were playing with. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. in your band, no. um, but he would go listen to you and, um, you know, act and share the goofy little story yeah, you did so, with me. So there's, there's a photo of, of Andrew crowd surfing at one of our concerts that we played at the Sam Hill warehouse where I was in a band called Bueno. And, uh, we used to put on these concerts at the, at the college there and it would just be wild, just completely wild. And yeah. nobody would get hurt, you know, it'd be safe. And it was a lot of fun, but, um, occasionally somebody would be put up above everybody else and he was crowd surfing and there's photos of it. So that's, Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I want to see them so yeah. bad. And here in Prescott, Arizona, which is where we live and, um, where we, uh, Penny university exists. Um, it has kind of an underground music scene or at least, at least that's what I've been told. Yeah. Um, and you were one of the key people that brought it here. Yeah. Um, back the back in, I guess the, late nineties or mid nineties. Um, we used to do concerts here where we'd bring in, you know, old punk bands like Agent Orange, but we also brought, brought in Blink-182, uh, a band called the Deftones. Uh, we did a concert with a band called No Effects that the city ended up shutting down. Oh, really? Yeah. We did at the armory and, uh, too many people were calling the city asking to get tickets for the same. So the city had an emergency meeting and shut it down. Because people wanted to come? Yeah. Yeah. That seems backwards to me, but okay. Okay. Well, yeah. They, they, they were just calling the, the, the city hall and they're like, what's going on down there? And they looked up no effects. Yeah. And, um, they are, uh, you know, a punk rock band. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it didn't fit the, <laughs> it didn't the vibe fit. of the city. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. hometown. Yeah, it, did not, it, did not, it did not fit that vibe very well. So, um, but we, we ended up doing some part of the concert at, uh, mock the Zumas, I think it was the name of the bar. And I, I was, I was underage, I think too, but probably, um, yeah, we, we ended up like playing like part of the concert down there and it was just, it was great. It was wild. Right. It was a lot of fun. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and then we have another common, um, base here and that's Tony Carey. So if you want to listen back to tattoos moment on the skin, Tony, is a fantastic tattoo artist oh, yeah. here in Prescott um, at Hold Fast. Shout out to Tony. I know. He is amazing. Um, has done a lot of your work, your cover. Yeah. Um, a few of my pieces, I am not covered. I just have a few beautiful Tony pieces. Um, and when I was talking with Tony, your name came up and we laughed. And he said, you two have played around with podcasts a little bit. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I need to call Michael. And, and I'm, I'm a, a full namer. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a Michael. Here we go. So let's dive in a little bit here. And you said the drums, you immediately felt drawn to them. Yeah. And you brought up how, um, drums, uh, you know, at, at first I truly just thought we were going to be hearing about rock and roll and, next episode, episode two is going to be kind of on the history of drums and where they have gone. And I've been reading a lot on it. Yeah. And even though it's an ancient instrument, the drums that we have now aren't ancient. The drums you play on now aren't. No. And so I'm interested in that, but I want to hear what's it like to play? I mean, Ooh, well, I've been doing it for so long. It's kind of a, a just a, a natural thing. Um, when you sit down behind a drum set, um, 
for me, I listen to what other people are playing or if I'm just practicing all this. And you're talking about the other people in the band. Okay. That's the most important part. I think is being a musician is being able to listen to the other members of the band. If you don't Mm -hmm. listen to them, um, then, you know, you're going to have a train wreck. It's not going to feel right. It's not going to, you know, everything's going to have to gel together at, at some point. So, uh, a lot of times with, with drumming is listening. And I grew up playing jazz, too. Like, okay. I wasn't, I, jazz is my, my love of, of, of music. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, it's a little different playing jazz as opposed to playing rock because it's a little bit more avant-garde and kind mm-hmm. of a little open, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. It's to, to play with a band and you're in the pocket and you're feeling... Uh, the groove, which is what they call in the pocket, um, you get the chills. Like I, I'll still get the chills. Like hair will stand up, and it's the only thing that uh, gives me chills that you don't like physically feel, but you hear it. And all of a sudden, you you get hairs up on the back right. of your neck as soon as you hit that sweet spot with the band, and um, it's it's addictive. It really is. So, do you prefer? playing i mean do you play with a band now or do you no, just no. okay did you prefer being with a band and because you got to know them or did you like because i know that you have been hired to play here and yeah. you know so which or do they both have different advantages they both have different advantages um i i really love playing in the studio with mm-hmm. with a band like when you're creating something opposed to just coming in and and just laying down a track for somebody that you don't really know i mean that's that's fun too, but when you actually sit there and you're creating something with somebody else and it, it gets recorded, that's that's really when I'm having the best time of my life. Yeah, yeah, it's in the studio. Who um, you've played with a lot? Of, who was one of your favorites? I won't ask who was your worst, but who was one of your favorites? <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, I think one of my favorites was actually uh, I filled in for the drummer of No Effects on on a Warped Tour one year. Uh, besides playing in the, my, my other band, The Line and, and Bueno and mm-hmm. Megaterra, I love those guys and, and the, those those musicians are just the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of the, the craziest experiences I had is I got asked to play uh, in front of thirty thousand people with maybe an hour's notice. Oh, good Lord. Have yeah. mercy. And so they're like, our drummer broke her hand. Can you play a couple of songs? For wait us? a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. Our drummer broke her hand. His hand. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I almost did a shout out women. No, no. I almost did. No, he, he, uh, he fell on a bike. Oh, completely sober. The guy, the guy is sober and, uh, broke his hand and, you know, everybody wants the band to play, you know? Yeah. So, so luckily it wasn't the singer that is the, uh, that unique part of the band that, you know, mm-hmm. distinguishes themselves from a different band. So I got up there and just rocked it as hard as I could. And it, it was, uh, it was fantastic. It was magical. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, something else you said is that, you know, it's hard to replace a singer because it, yeah. you know, it's a sound, but don't you think it's hard to replace when somebody is so iconic? Oh yeah. To replace that sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with drums too, especially. So with that's got to be nerve wracking when you have to sound like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because do you have do drummers have their own sounds? I'm- um, they do. So actually, my wife says I have my own sound. 
Oh, see. So, so um, my wife, Sarah, we were playing some music for my kids. Like, yeah, this is one of dad's bands, you know? And, mm-hmm. and she's like, you have your own style of drumming. That's mm-hmm. just kind of. And what did she, did she describe it? What is your style? Um, I don't know. I just, I just have a different feel with, mm-hmm. with the music itself. And, um, and uh, I, I use my toms a lot more, I think, than. And than, I, okay, you're gonna have to explain. Remember, oh, I. Yeah. So I'll explain. I know all. the pad yeah, and yeah, two sticks. Yeah. That's it. So on a drum set, there's a um, there's a kick drum or a bass drum. You have your snare drum, which is your main instrument that you know um, that is keeping the beat for the most part. Okay. And you have your hi hat, which is the things that open and close with your with your left foot, and then uh, you have rack toms which are right in front of you. And some people have a bunch of them. Some people don't have any. Mm-hmm. Then you have a floor tom and you have a ride cymbal and you have crash cymbals and all these different different mm-hmm. variations of mm-hmm. drums and stuff. So um, I would tend to use my uh, my toms a little bit more um, to kind of drive the music differently and, mm-hmm. um, and make it more melodic, I guess. So I could kind of have my own melody with, the drums themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, you know, I, I see some um, drummers and they pound. It's almost animalistic. And uh-huh. then I see some that you, you kind of like the difference between rock, jazz, punk. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. everyone has their certain things. Yeah. So where are you in that gambit of animal? <laughs> On everything. To, that's, yeah. 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 So I could play super loud, like like a Led Zeppelin, John Bonham, mm-hmm. uh, punk rock stuff, or I can play with brushes, real light jazz. Yeah. I, remember, I remember playing one concert with uh, with my buddy, and it was it wasn't a concert; it was like a, a HOA Christmas thing. <laughs> and, Perfect. Uh, and and like, you guys are too loud, and it was me and a keyboard player. And we were <laughs> really, really, really quiet, and uh, at one point. I, I asked the lady, I'm like, do you have any Q-tips that I can use to play play my drums, you know? And she just kind of, like, looked at me blankly, like, you know, what a jerk. I'm asking. But yeah. it was just, it was so ridiculous. I mean, we, I could have a conversation with people as I was playing. That's how quiet oh, I was wow. playing. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, dynamics is very important with, with playing drums, for sure. That's, yeah. And so, yeah, you got to be able to turn into an animal or you got to turn into uh, a church mouse. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, now, when you you started playing, you started playing for a reason that you revealed to me a few phone calls yeah, ago. Yeah. So. So um, I started playing when I was about eight, but I didn't really take it really seriously until I got shot when I was a boy scout. Which, okay, <laughs> catch that. Until I got shot as a boy scout. I, I don't think I've ever heard those words put together, <laughs> shot as a boy scout before. Yeah. So I got accidentally shot by uh, uh, another scout and it was just an accident and I lived, survived, but it, it I was I was really into sports and and, um, and playing baseball and stuff like that, but the doctor's just like, well, you got shot in the stomach, so you know more high impact stuff for you. So maybe find something else. So high impact. So you couldn't get hit. Hit in the stomach, yeah, without possibly rupturing what they fixed in there. Okay. So um, I just I just started playing. I started playing to a lot of uh, West Montgomery. Actually, it was a a jazz. Uh,
listening to Penny University, a podcast with value. We hope you are finding this presentation entertaining. If you would like to share your two cents, please contact either Deborah or Michael at pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. That's pennyuniversity, all one word, at protonmail.com. Thank you. And now back to the podcast. allowed me to uh, to focus my energy on uh, playing drums and 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 um, I, I listened to a lot of jazz during that time mm-hmm. um, one guy in particular uh, his name was Wes Montgomery he's a guitar player I'm gonna okay Wes I'm gonna write these down because I want to hear and it's a song called Misty was the one song that really got me um, kind of like hooked on feeling the music I guess uh-huh and so and then from there it just kind of uh took off did you go into you said um earlier that what in a conversation that you were in the high school band oh yeah yeah okay so we're talking the big drum or the 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 three you know I mean what so in in high school I played in the jazz band okay the drum set and then I also played uh snare drum in the marching band, mm-hmm. um, and then I played the quads, and then I played. Um, I never played the bass drum, uh, but then but then I would do symphony stuff too. So I'd learn how to play the bells. I learned how to play timpani. I learned how to play hand percussion. Oh wow! I learned how to play African drums and um, all all that stuff. Did now. I am a strong proponent for music in schools, mm-hmm. but I'm a strong proponent for marching band. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a really positive outlet for young people. Um, and so, you know, I, I really, if you're a taxpayer and a bond comes across, please vote yes. Don't yeah. become an old fart. Um, but did you go from high school into, did you decide that you just went straight into the punk rock scene or well, did you go to college? Well, what so, did you do? Yeah, here? So out, of, out of high school, I had a scholarship to go to Yavapai to play in the jazz band there. So okay. um, I did that for, I think that was about a semester. And then my music career kind of took off. It was like, all right, we got shows coming up every weekend. Mm-hmm. We got a tour coming up. We have this record label that's really interested in you guys, and, and it just kind of blew up from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so that just kind of became became the deal. And then I then I worked at the the drum shop that was here in town. Um, Is it still ago. here? No, it's gone. Okay. But my my buddy Jonathan, um, he uh, he owned it, and you know it, it was amazing to have this 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 place that allowed so many awesome drummers to come out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. a kid named Charlie Foldish, who is just an amazing drummer. And he's, um, you know, he's in China right now. Playing China? For, yeah. Playing for like the American Idol version. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And so he, uh, he's in Shanghai, I think. 
And uh, it, it was just so great to see that, you know, having a drum shop just increased the amount of uh, exposure to drumming. And it just kind of took off and mm-hmm. created some of the best drummers around. Mm-hmm. And so um, you get you get into these into bands you go on tour now um tour mm-hmm. so you're driving around in a van all of you guys are sleeping in the van i mean <laughs> yeah we did, we did that we had we had buses and stuff mm-hmm. too so mm-hmm. um you know being, being on tour was uh exciting it was fun mm-hmm. it was groundhog day i got to go to every state mm-hmm. and not see anything you know <laughs> i've been to europe like all over europe and don't you know, I've seen the inside of clubs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You, you know, most of the time you're driving to the next venue mm-hmm. or um, you're doing sound checks or you're eating food. It's it's not like a, a vacation, you know. It's, right. You, it, it's the best job in the world, though. Mm-hmm. You get to play drums in front of tons of people all over the world. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's great. But um, Do you prefer the large venues or the intimate venues? I like I like like the 500 seater ones, the intimate mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I would think because you more energy. Yeah, that's I, I would think so. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine playing in a bar. I mean, there are times we'll we'll go sit at yeah. a restaurant or have a drink at a bar or whatever. And honestly, I'm one of those people that feels bad for the band yeah. <laughs> sitting there. Here's this poor human being that's singing, and everybody's just talking and yeah. ignoring them. And, yeah. I'm one of those that feels guilty, so I have to pay attention. So I, you know, I'm really bad. So I would think, you know, that intimate 100 to 500 has got to because everybody's listening and caring, yeah. and you get to feel them. Yeah, and, and, you, and you're not on a giant stage that you're, you know, 100 yards away from. Mm-hmm. From the one show we, we played a, a, a thing, a benefit concert. Uh, for the 19 uh, with Slash in here in Prescott and it was raining and there was so much mud that they had to move the stage like honestly it was like in the middle of the of the rodeo fairgrounds mm-hmm. and we were playing you know 100 yards away from the nearest person it mm-hmm. was just really weird and disconnected but it was still great at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have been a lot cooler if it was in the Alt Theater or something like that. Oh, that would have been so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, the area he's referring to is uh, Prescott also yeah. claims the world's oldest oldest rodeo. Yeah. And I used to love going over there during rodeo and they would have the, um, and that uh, also they would have the fair there, the county fair, and they would have, what is that, where the cars wreck into each other? Oh, Demolition, Demolition Derby. Derby. Yeah. I used to freaking love it because I could scream and yeah. laugh at the yeah. same time. Um, and so, but we also, we have a couple of really nice venues. And so the Elks theater is one of those nice venues, but they put you out in the rodeo grounds where they, is it because they were expecting a large crowd? Did they, I don't even know. Yeah, there was, there was, there was, it was, I think there was between three to 5,000. I think they said it was, it was, it was full, but, um, the stage was the city of Prescott stage. It's like the back of a semi truck. And, um, it was just parked out in the middle of where you mud. Would, yeah. There's plywood everywhere. So, but yeah. it's still just a big mud fest. And yeah. It was fun. Well, interesting. Yeah. So, um, you said you were playing with slash. Yeah. Did, how did they find you? 
So um, a really good close friend of mine, his name's uh, Alan Niven, and he was the manager for Guns N' Roses um, when they when they blew up. Yeah, I'm snoring right yeah, now. Yeah, there's Dottie. <laughs> People, that's Dottie. <laughs> um, so uh, during like the, the late 80s and into the 90s, and so he, he had a really good relationship with uh, all those guys. And so... Um, or at least with Slash and um, some of the other the members of the band. And, uh, and, and when the tragedy happened, um, Slash reached out to them and said he wanted to, to do something for, for the town. So Wow. Yeah, and uh, I was already playing with another group called Buck and Evans from uh, Wales, um, and I did a record for those guys here in town. Um, his name's Chris Buck, and if you ever get a chance to check him out, he's... He got voted like best guitar player a couple of years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, just unreal. So I, I cut a record with him and uh, and a few other guys. Uh, a guy named Jimmy Mack playing bass and uh, Tony Montana playing uh, singing and playing guitar. And we recorded it here in Prescott. And um, we uh, we put out a record. I don't. I have no idea what it what if it's even selling or not. But we put out a record and. Uh, I, I just became like the studio guy, I guess, for, for Alan, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, to have that happen is a huge compliment for me because he's worked with the best drummers in the world. And, you wow. Know, yeah. Know. Um, and so when Slash showed up, he wanted to have Chris from, from England come. So Chris flew out, you know, to, to support everything too. And so I did the set with Chris, uh, the Buck and Evan set. And then I did, um, the set was Slash. We only had like maybe 40 minutes to rehearse with Slash to, mm-hmm. to perform a whole entire thing. And uh, it was, uh, it was fun. It was nerve wracking, but it was a lot of fun. I bet. Um, and for those of you that are listening here in Prescott, um, seven years ago, we lost Granite Mountain, um, interagency hotshot crew. And that's what you're referring yeah. to yeah. is, um, slash wanted to support, which yeah. the world was so good at that time. I wanted to support. So, yeah. um, slash, I didn't meet you or know you, but thank you. That's pretty amazing. And yeah. thank you for, yeah, you know, saying, yeah, I'm here. You totally. know? Yeah. And that's actually how, I mean, um, I guess a side note, that's how I got into doing wildland fire because the incident commander for the concert, uh, was it was the first incident commander for an event, and it was set up through the the, the ICS incident command system. And my uh, really good friend Alan Sinclair, and just like chatting with him, and uh, and and just got I wanted to get involved somehow, and so um, yeah, it, it was definitely like a cool healing blessing. Type right, deal. and um, in that, I mean, not only was the town hurting, and and the citizens and you as a human being, because you knew, um, some of the guys, um, you know, I'm sure that just that healing of it helped, but I want to throw out a kudos for Alan. I also know Alan and he is the most genuine heart I have ever met. Oh yeah. By far. So kudos, Alan, you are amazing. Yep. So he is. So getting back to drums, um, so (laughs) you're, you're contracting, you're doing that type of thing. Um, you like smaller venues. 
We, we learned about the drum set itself. If you could, if, if I was saying to you, if I was a young man or a young woman, mm-hmm. I mean, there are great female drummers oh, out yeah. there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, as, as a matter of fact, there's a, I was watching a master class. She, yes. Yeah. And, um, dang, man. Yeah. She's got energy off the charts. Yeah. Um, but what would you say if, if I was, you know, I'm too old. But I, I, I never will, I, never we're never too old, too old. Yeah. but in episode two, I want to share about a time that a drum was really healing. We'll deal with that later. What would you say? What would, what, how would you guide me? What, what would you say? I would say, uh, to just go for it and to, um, cause a lot of times when you're playing drums, a lot of people are self-conscious cause it's so loud. You, you know, you, you're at that one volume. Um, what I would recommend is, uh, Get a drum set, put on your favorite song, mm-hmm. put on some headphones, and just try to play to that to, to that song to feel it. To try to feel it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are the damages to your body feeling it? Oh, well, let's see. I've had <laughs> I've had five back surgeries, so or actually six. Um, it's it's wearing on you. It definitely is because you, you're you're stuck in in a sitting position for, you know, sometimes twelve thirteen hours a day, depending on mm-hmm. how long you're doing in the studio. You're you're in a van or you're in a bus. You're always sitting down mm-hmm. and um, playing the music that I was playing. I would stand up on my drums and jump off and stuff. And you would wait a minute. You would stand up on your drums and jump off. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it just landed right on my spine. And just, oh my you know, gosh! And then moving like drums for as long as I've, I've moved drums, and drums are not a light instrument, right? So, I mean, it's just well. Now they have those. They just, I, you know, I have to say again, I love my neighbors, but I have a neighbor who's building a house, yeah. so they'll hear the saw in the back, <laughs> and I believe he thinks it's like the Winchester house because he's been working on it for five years. He's got ghosts in there. Yeah, I mean, okay. he is just. It's a never-ending part. Sweet man, wonderful guy, but he's, he's grinding metal. <laughs> yeah, right. He's doing something. I don't know what. So, um, but you know, you have this physical, you know, your your body. I would think your neck, your shoulders. Yeah. Um, it's important to set up correctly, like ergonomically. Is like probably the the first thing I teach any drummer is to set mm-hmm. up their drums properly. Um, because you want to be in a position where you're comfortable because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you do, if you do play some of those bar gigs, they'd be four hours long, you know, mm-hmm. and you get like 10 minutes break in between sets. And you're the only one that doesn't move. Correct. I mean, yeah. everybody else can walk around, chillax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, setting up properly, uh, technique is really, really important. Learning mm-hmm. the proper technique, learning. And what do you mean by, can you give me a short little, what do you mean by technique? Technique, uh, figuring out where the drum like sounds the best and hitting that same spot. And, okay. and, and maybe you only have to hit, lift your stick, um, a couple of inches to make it sound beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to beat the crap out of your drums. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to find that sweet spot and kind of stick with it and, um, and, and get into like a, a nice flow and be relaxed. The, the more that you can relax and breathe as you're playing, 
the easier it's going to, it's going to be for you. I've seen a lot of drummers like hold their breath and they're playing. That's what I was, I was just thinking of that has, have drummers passed out because they're just so into it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So breathe, breathing is, uh, an important part of, of playing drums, but I, you know, you'll see guys that, that just hold their breath. And mm-hmm. they're turning bright red. I've never seen somebody pass out from holding their breath. I've seen drummers pass out from being too drunk playing drums. Oh my gosh. I've seen some crazy, uh, things just like, <laughs> okay, share one. You so, got to. So I saw this one guy at a bar and he was, he was, he did a drum set and he just finished doing it and he was rocking out and he went to go sit back down, like after he stood up and he just blacked out and he fell backwards. <gasps> oh yeah. It was, um, it was comical and scary at the same time. Yeah. It was the greatest ending of any drum solo I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go out, I guess. Go out big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he ended up taking out, um, he, he ended up kicking out the bottom of his stool or his throne and, and kicked the floor tom over and knocked over something else. So you uh, guys refer to your seat as a throne. A drum throne is what they call it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It works. Yeah, it totally works. I mean, I can I can see it, but I never knew that. So, so you're sitting on your drum throne, yeah, and you're playing away, uh-huh. and you can't move. You're really controlling the yeah. band, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the everybody else is. Yeah, you could speed up the songs. You could slow down the songs. You can you could turn the beat around and screw up the song. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of areas where you can make a mistake, but it's, you know, going back to just listening to the band. And if you're lost with playing music, you can always just go back and listen to, to where they're at and kind of fall Mm -hmm. back into that groove again. So, well, my concept of the drummer has changed. (laughs) It really has from this person that I didn't even really know existed back there to now the control it's you're, you're the brain of the whole um, output. We make people dance. You're the Oz. Yeah, yeah. We make people dance. That's awesome. I, I do have a real quick question. Yeah. What do you think about the little skinny electrical drum things? Oh, they're cool. They're great. Especially if you live in an apartment or if, if your kid's just starting to get into playing drums and you don't want to mm-hmm. have a drum set in your house. Mm-hmm. They're compact. Um, you put on your headphones and but do they give the same you know um i just gave my oldest granddaughter a turntable mm-hmm. and we went down to some thrift stores and you know i bought her some good old 60s 70s vinyl yeah and i said but it's not going to sound the same it's different yeah. it has its own flavor yeah do they, is that the, is there a difference between the flavor of, you know what I mean? There, there is. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's kind of like you can, you can buy a Toyota or you can buy, uh, you know, a Ferrari as far right. as those go. So, I mean, right. you, you could buy something that's economical, that's going to sound decent, or you can buy something that's just got every, every bell and whistle on it. And, and you can change the way the drum sounds. You can change the way it sounds in the room, you mm-hmm. can move the mic placement. I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point now to where they can emulate any sound you want with a drum. So yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, I will have to tell you I, this morning I went to a car show, mm-hmm. brand new um, Corvette there. And I'm not a fan, yeah. right? Even though it looked like you were sitting in a jet cockpit, Yeah, the car I want people listen 
1979 Honda Civic CVCC station wagon, please. <laughs> it, it, it's like the original classic mini. I prefer the unique old yeah, yeah. than the turbo new. I, so, I, I kind of remember that. It is a fantastic yeah, car. Yeah. yeah. There's a, um, a guy named Ed Roth who, if you ever want to look him up, his name's Big Daddy Roth. Big Daddy Roth. I'm writing it down. And uh, he's used to build custom cars and stuff. And he was a very close friend of our family and stuff. And uh, he used to drive around in one of those cars. I'm telling you. Yeah. See, I... I have skills I don't even know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess I can pick cars. How can, you know, I don't want it to go too on. We could drag on and gab forever. Um, and we will. Um, next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about history. Then we're going to have some guests. Yeah. And I'm totally excited about that. So let's see where this morphs and goes. And anybody that's listening, if you are interested in either sending uh, Michael, a question or a comment or a shout out, or if you have any questions for me, I know nothing about drums. <laughs> um, Penny University, all one word at protonmail.com. Just email us and, and we'll get it done that way. Um, I love this conversation. Yeah. I love it. Give me some final thoughts for today and then we can move on to our next one. Oh man. Final thoughts, I guess for me would be, um, I, I, I played music not to be a rock star. I played music because I want to be a musician. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've never been one to want any sort of spotlight at all. So it was kind of, uh, interesting for me to kind of, like, all right, I guess I'll tell my story about playing drums. And, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely something I hold like pretty near and dear to my heart. Don't tell a lot of people I even play drums, really. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just kind of keep it to myself, and I kind of like it that way, which is awesome. But um, mm -hmm. uh, it's if, if you're going to do something in, in the music world, uh, explore every style of music. Explore every instrument, too, mm -hmm. you know. Do you play another instrument, Michael? I could play a little bit of bass. I could play a little bit of guitar. I'm not good at it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, drums are my, my main... Your main my, thing. My main squeeze, yeah. And what popped into my head is on one of the episodes, we're going to be talking to one of your students. Do you like, like teaching, too? I mean, is teaching fun for you or is it something yeah. you do because you want to pass on wisdom or is it something you yeah can? so my you know i mean i'm 42 but my body feels like it's 80 something years mm -hmm. old and so um if i could teach my technique to other people and teach some other styles and teach mm -hmm. them maybe to approach something differently i love it yeah mm -hmm. I, you gotta you gotta pass that knowledge down to the next generation, mm -hmm. the next group of people so they can pass that knowledge around too. Do so. any of your kids play? My daughter is starting to play. And yeah. she's 12. She's 12. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you were 13, right? 12. What did you, 12, 13? Well, I started at eight. But, oh, that's well, yeah. but I didn't really take it seriously yes. until I was 12 years old. May your daughter not get shot in the stomach. No, she's not going to be in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Yeah. You're allowed now. Yeah, I know. You're yeah. allowed. So, well, Michael, I am excited and I thank you. And you're always welcome in my house, in my living room. And I cannot wait for episode two, Backbone of the Band, The Drummer. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Cool. Cool.
you for taking the time to listen to Penny University. Please join us again for the next episode in this fun series. You can also head over to our Facebook page. Please like us and share with your friends and family. We hope you found us a podcast with value. Until next episode, be strong, wise, and safe. Forward timers on, light into the dark, the black into the calm.